0: First player from the state of Virginia to play for the Washington Capitals tonight, Joe Snidely, native of Herndon. He's 25 years of age. Played for the Reston Raiders, Washington Little Capitals, the Hershey Bears. Most recently, point-a-game guy for Scott Allen up there. And what a moment for his family, season ticket holders throughout the Ovechkin era to watch their son play tonight alongside the Great Eight. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals lose a lead late and lose to the Kings. More COVID troubles as Oshie, Starbosa, and fukali test positive. And the Flyers tomorrow night as the league postpones another slew of games. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, December 20th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. The Capitals had Sunday night's game against Los Angeles in control until they didn't. A stunning setback against the Kings just the second time all season. a Caps blew a lead after two and lost in regulation. Credit the Kings, Ben. Credit their AHL call-up, Garrett Sparks, but a tough loss for the home team last night. I give a lot of credit to the LA Kings playing second half of back-to-backs, playing their fourth road
1: game in six nights through Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina, and Washington. It's a very difficult itinerary, and they're down 2-0 late in the second period, and they mount the comeback in the nature that they did, so you credit them. And then conversely, from a Capitals perspective, you're shorthanded, but you're at home, you're up to. It's late in the second period. You have a power play chance. You have a golden opportunity to put an opponent away, and the Capitals were unable to do so. Shorthanded goal from the Kings got them back in the game, and the Capitals still weren't able to close it out in the third period. So from a Cap's perspective, maybe you let one slip away. From the Kings side of things, it's a pretty big character win.
0: There's no doubt. And you mentioned the power play opportunity in the second power play opportunities were rather plentiful last night, especially in the second period. The Capitals end up with six chances, nothing. In fact, they also give up the shorty that started the comeback when Blake Lazat was able to score in the moments that you're talking about there. I know there's a lot of guys missing. I know when you don't have Backstrom and you don't have Kuznetsov and you don't have Wilson and you don't have Oshie, life gets pretty hard. But they have had some of those guys over the course of the last few weeks. And even with who they have, you got to be able to find the back of the net when you've got Alex Ovechkin. They were obviously trying to feed him quite a bit on all of the chances Ovechkin's ice time we'll get to later on. It was astronomical. But on the power play, Ben, again, and I feel like this has been a refrain, we keep beating the drum on all season yes we can grade them on a curve because they are missing pieces but they've got to start converting their chances
1: yeah if if you put just last night even aside and you look bigger picture over the past couple of weeks the sample size now growing one for 21 in their last seven games that's very uncharacteristic for a capitals power play unit which for years has been among the best in the nhl and yes you're missing personnel it's been a little bit of a revolving door both the top unit and the second unit and look ovechkin had his looks Hit a goal post in one particular instance in the second period last night carlson was feeding him as he usually does and i'll say to john that dmitry orlov working the half wall it's very unorthodox it's not backstrom it's not kuznetsov you're going down in terms of options in that Regard, I thought Orlov, even on the half wall, I I think he's been okay in that position. But certainly when you talk about the other spots on on the unit, the bumper spot, hounding the pucks, keeping the pucks alive in the offensive zone when you have possession, those are some of the areas I think Peter Laviolette has even suggested could be better in terms of keeping the offensive pressure up, giving yourself the opportunity to have the, the chances for the finish. And an 0-6 for with the shorthanded goal allowed, that's a tough night for a power play unit, which uh, clearly hasn't looked itself for quite some time now.
0: There was something last night that was milestone-worthy of sorts in the bigger picture. When you have a player that grew up watching Alex Ovechkin in our area and how youth hockey has exploded here in Maryland and in D.C. and in Northern Virginia over the course of the last 16, 17 years, to see someone come. Come through those ranks from the Reston Raiders to the Washington Little Capitals, the Hershey Bears after getting signed. And now a native of Herndon, Virginia, Joe Snively makes his NHL debut last night and he gets his first NHL point before 10 minutes were even gone by in the first period. And now, Ben, you have the ability to have other kids in the next generation say, listen, Alex Ovechkin was great, but Joe Snively's one of us. (laughs) And that's a really cool thing.
1: Yeah, this is great for grassroots hockey, and Joe Snively, even over the past few years, the past few summers, has made it a point to go back and be a part of hockey clinics, teaching even that next generation of young hockey players in our region, and the way the game has taken off at that grassroots level, the growth in participation, the growth in arenas, in youth hockey teams, in high school hockey, in this part of the country, it speaks to just that, the Alex Ovechkin effect, as it's been described The numbers of participation have just skyrocketed really from 2005 on. And you look at Joe Snively born in 1996 he fit in that window he acknowledges himself he was an Ovechkin fan he was a capital season ticket holder with his family and he was drawn to the game largely because outside of family influences there was a pretty good hockey team in town that was an entertaining watch with a worldwide international superstar and now here he is all those years later playing for his hometown team making an NHL debut with friends and family in attendance a great moment for Snively and yes bigger picture certainly says something as well about grassroots roots hockey in our region, which is still going to grow even further over the next 10, 20 years, but certainly this is an example of taking steps in the right direction.
0: See, I got to give you some credit here because you have been the intrepid reporter (laughs) on the parents beat from the beginning this year. You tracked down Zach Fucali's dad on a car somewhere like on a 401 on the way to Detroit, which was amazing. And last night, you went down in the stands and went to go find Papa Snively. Oh, we're cornering the market. Yes, we are. Richard Snively a proud papa spoke
1: to his mom hope last night before puck drop as well as you can imagine they've been in many capitals games but few if any none probably compared to what they were a part of last night had a chance to catch up with one time little capitals head coach richard snively about watching his son prepare for that debut so Richard, we'll lead you off the bat. What a moment this must be, not just for Joe, but for the entire family as you get to enjoy and celebrate with him tonight. How would you describe just what the past 24 hours have been like since he called you with the news and you got to look
0: forward to this? Yeah, it's its exciting. It's always great. And kids uh, you know, love what they're doing and succeed and are happy. And It's been a long ride and it's been great. The fact
1: that he did play his youth hockey in these parts, know you were a part of it, a coach as well with the Little Capitals program and the Rescute. Raiders what does it mean to you to see your son have grown up in this area play his youth hockey in this area and now to do so at Capital One Arena in a regular season game
0: Uh, it's surreal I mean I've driven down to this rink hundreds of times to see the Caps play and actually today was a little bit different obviously (laughs) coming down and it's it's just uh really really exciting we're so happy for him and can't wait to see him You come to so many Caps games, I can't imagine the feeling for him, Ben, and for his wife coming down and sitting in the seats, as you've done so many times, and oh, our kid is out there now, he comes out for the rookie lap, he is skating in the same team that Alex Ovechkin is, he's there to help out on the first goal, and it happens in the end of the building you're sitting in, by the way, and it happens Mm -hmm. right in front of you, what a moment last night. And you know what? Joe Snively, to his credit, he played really well. He didn't play a whole
1: lot, as one would imagine, for a rookie call-up, but in just under seven minutes, he was very noticeable. He was very active. He had a big shift in the third period last night, a shot on goal, a big hit on Kings defenseman Christian Wolanin, and then still on that same shift, another offensive opportunity fed McMichael in the slot for a potential game-tying goal. He was noticeable. He was flying. He was buzzing around the net. He had a whole lot of jump. We'll see if it's sustainable and what potential opportunities lie ahead now in the coming days, potentially. But way to go, Joe Snively. Big moment for him, his family, and a lot to like from number 91 in red light. Last night.
0: We've made a lot this year of things that Alex Ovechkin has done, and at the age of 36, 36-year-olds 36 aren't supposed to be doing, it wasn't maybe as sexy or flashy as a lot of the other things that he's done, but last night, 27 minutes and 24 seconds of ice time at the age of 36, the second period alone, a gigantic chunk of that, somewhere in the vicinity of what, 12 minutes, just... In the second yeah. period last night, it was a weird night for Alex. He got lots of shot attempts and then none in the third period. It was wild. It was weird. And it was just kind of another eye popper where every time you looked out, especially in the second period, there was number eight. Yeah, and granted those power
1: play minutes do inflate it. But 27, 24 is still 27, 24, and even 10 of which was with the man advantage. But what I liked about Ovechkin last night too, John, is just the eye test. And there were plenty of opportunities to see him across that 27 24. But he was engaged. And on a night, John, when they're missing five of their top six up front, you know, we know Mantha's out long term, but then you throw in no Tom Wilson, no Backstrom, no Kuznetsov, no Oshie. I mean, those are heavy hitters, those are headliners on the team. Ovechkin's the only one uh, among the optimal top six up front. And he was so dialed in last night, especially early on, you know, almost trying to set the example, trying to pull the others into the fight, trying to set the tone for what, you know, a lineup that involves a lot of young guys a lot of guys who've been doing some heavy lifting of late maybe exceeding their weight if you will and Ovechkin just almost tried to will them to victory last night again and we've seen that so often this year he's had very few if any nights off and last night the minutes certainly suggest he, he certainly didn't have a night off he was very active very noticeable
0: you wonder how much he had left at the end of the game but he was dialed in last night Thoughts on Vitek Vanacek, not his greatest night, 21 saves on 24. I actually didn't think the third goal was as bad as it originally appeared. There was a lot of English on the puck. It was kind of a bouncy ice last night down by that end, and it was a little bit more of a fluke, I thought, than it was anything else. I didn't like the second goal. The Christian willannon game tire, I thought he should have had. But all in all, I, I wasn't thrilled with it. I didn't think it was an awful night, but I, I didn't think it was very good for Vitek.
1: Yeah, and I think bigger picture, the storyline there is he had a really good game on Friday night against Winnipeg. Season high 40 saves, kept the Capitals in the game, gave them the opportunity to pull away in the third period on a night they were shorthanded. He was the difference and he gave them the opportunity to win. You're getting your second straight start. Vanacek hasn't had too many of those over the past month. In other words, playing back to back games. And it was an opportunity for him to build off that, create some momentum, maybe plant a seed of doubt for Peter Laviolette and the coaching staff. Well, maybe we want to give him more of an opportunity here, a longer leash. And Van for the reasons you stated, wasn't great. I think he missed out on that opportunity on a night where, again, you're shorthanded. It was a low-scoring affair. The power play wasn't clicking. You needed Vanacek to be at his best. You needed him to come up with big saves in the third period like he did Friday. So now he's unable to do it two games consecutively when the opportunity was there for him. I think that's the big takeaway here. And now you're back to the drawing board again. We're waiting for one of the goaltenders to really go and run with it. And I imagine we'll see Elias Samsonov coming up the next time the Caps are in action.
0: Yeah. And when that happens, we hope it's Tuesday night and Ben, I wish we could just sit here and do a hockey show, but you and I, it was a week ago, you and I were doing the show And talking about the imminent return of Nick Backstrom and the Caps were on their way to Chicago. And we were saying, hoping that maybe they're finally starting to turn the corner here and they're starting to get healthy. And maybe they're going to be able to get much closer to that optimal lineup. And now here we are a week later in COVID hell all over again. And it seems that the Caps, maybe not as bad as other teams, but this isn't good. TJ Oshie yesterday morning. Michael Scarbosa before the warm-up yesterday. Zach Fucali in Hershey. That's three guys that were in this dressing room in Scarbosa who we thought was going to play and was in the locker room with everybody else all day and then gets pulled off the ice at the end. The COVID testing this morning runs from 9 to 11, and then they've got the flight to Philadelphia, and we're all going to be waiting with bated breath to hope that nothing else bad happens and that that flight does leave and that they do go to Philly and they will be able to play the Flyers tomorrow night. But I don't think we're really talking out of school here to say that's got to be in some doubt because with everything that's happened in the last 24 hours and what you see around the league, 12 more games were axed by the NHL right before the Caps played last night. This is a tough situation mentally, physically for the entire organization.
1: Yeah, It's difficult, and that's why I think that holiday break, that can come soon enough, not only for the Capitals, but the league as a whole, several teams, as you noted, already shutting down operations until at least the holiday break. And with the cross-border travel now out of the question for the next few days for the NHL, yeah, you've got up to 40 games being postponed now. But as far as the Capitals are concerned, look, right now they have two games remaining two divisional matchups against teams below them in the standings in Philadelphia and against the New York Islanders. And I like what Peter Laviolette had to say yesterday, at least the tone he's setting publicly. If you take him for his word, he was just relaying the message he had given his team, which is that we have a hockey game tonight. We have business to take care of. This is the card. This is the hand we've been dealt. And this is a veteran head coach speaking. And I, I imagine he gets the player's attention. I know it's easier said than done, but there's a thought right now. Okay, you have two games left. You have business to take care of. It's not easy. Team is going through some things out of their control. You have two games to go before the holiday break. Give it your best effort. It's a business trip. Two points are at stake. Let's take care of it. And I think that tone that starts from the top, you hope it has a trickle-down effect. Again, I know it's easier said than done, and you are dealing with a depleted, shorthanded roster. All the things we've talked about, as shorthanded as they have been, the challenges that that creates on the ice but I think there's an understanding here as best they can. You prepare for the game. You're on the ice for those two and a half, three hours during the game. There's two points at stake. You go out and you do your business and you hope you could just get through these next few days. You get the holiday break for a mental reset, a physical break, and you reconvene afterwards and you continue your regular season, which to this point has been very, very good big picture for the Capitals.
0: Still just six regulation losses after the defeat last night to Los Angeles caps and flyers, COVID permitting, Tomorrow night at Wells Fargo Center at 7 o'clock, same time as the Washington football team and the <laughs> Eagles right across the parking lot. Go, team, go. Have a great Monday, Ben. Happy Monday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock, let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24 7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24 7 on Tune In.